Praise the Lord. It is very good that uh, as the Lord gives provision, we can have this year's uh, December conference. It's been a whole year with a lot of experiences from the environment, with the coming of the COVID that has affected the whole world, almost every nation. By this, we realize that we don't have the full knowledge of what is going to happen tomorrow. God has his ways of handling everything in this world that we are living in. It is very important for us to have a vision and understanding of God and the ways that he moves to accomplish whatever is before him. This year, we just want to consider something about the new age or the change of the age. The theme that we are going to consider is a new age for a church life that affords every member the field to do his share. The Lord's desire is that every member, every believer will be very responsible and that every believer will have a field will have a clearance, an environment where the gift that he has put into them, they will, will be able to utilize and use them. Let me read from Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 16. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 16. I read. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. The Lord's desire is that every member of the body should function according to the supply that he giveth to that portion or to that part of the body. It's very unfortunate that many Christians haven't believed the Lord. They started very strong, fiery, full of liveliness. But after a while, many go down. Many don't function like the way they started. You wonder why this kind of situation happens to many Christians. They become 
churchgoers. They only fulfill a religious function. Sunday, Sunday attendance of Christian meeting. The rest of the days is a holiday for them. The rest of the day is a time for them to relax and be at home. First Corinthians chapter 1 from verse 19 to 21. First Corinthians chapter 1 from verse 19 to 21. And I read. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. We have been stressing over a long time the need for every believer to have a vision. Without a vision, people always grow wild. They move without direction. They move without understanding. That is why we all need to have a vision daily, regularly, to direct our path, to direct our ways. This is what we are stressed over and over the years. Why do we stress this point? Because when you see a vision, it changes your whole direction in life. When people see a vision, that vision changes them. It changes the pattern of their life. It changes their thinking. It changes everything about them with just one vision. When people see a vision, they have a new beginning. Something about them changes. Something about them becomes living. There is some zeal. There is some longing. That is why every believer needs to have a clear vision. In the vision, they have a revelation. And that revelation brings them higher and brings them forward. This revelation becomes the strength to strengthen the believer and give them to have a clear direction. That is why 
Unfortunately, we see many people who call themselves Christians. Believing that they have some vision, that's why they, be, they have become Christian. But then, it stops short. They don't advance. They don't develop. They don't progress. So that beginning version that they saw becomes all that they knew or all that they understand and all that they live for. Eventually, they gradually grind to a halt. They are not able to make much progress in their Christian life. If you look through in the New Testament, a lot of the same from the time of the apostles. They all had visions. Peter had a vision. Paul had a vision and a revelation. And this was what regulated them and made them to keep going and made them to stand strong and made them to go without yielding and going back. It is very important if you have become a Christian and your Christian life is stunted. You don't have a smooth progression for you to stop and reflect and ask yourself, what kind of vision have you seen? Is that vision still there guiding you and leading you and helping you? For you to have a clear direction and not just be a religious person following some good teachings. Then you need a vision. Paul had a vision and revelation. We all can remember in the Acts when Paul was standing before King Agrippa to defend himself after he had been accused and was standing trial. He spoke to King Agrippa. He said, oh, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. He saw something and that thing never left him. That thing regulated him. That thing directed him. What kind of vision have you seen? In the New Testament, again, Joseph, who was the husband of Mary, also saw a vision. And that was the first vision in the New Testament. Joseph, the husband of Mary. According to Matthew chapter 1, from verse 18 to 25, it is clearly stated there what happened to Joseph. When he was sleeping one night, he had a dream. And what was the dream about? Joseph had betrothed or has been betrothed to a, 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 a woman married, to marry her. 
But in the process, he found out that he was with, she was with the, she was pregnant. So he was thinking about leaving her quietly, not to make any issue, not to bring shame on her, so that she can go her way. But while he was sleeping, the angel of the Lord came and spoke to him. Joseph, don't let this woman go. Don't put her away. Because that which is in her is of the Holy Spirit. You see, when you have a vision, it makes your following of the Lord become clearer. You get direction. You get what to do. When Joseph saw this vision, actually, one would say it was a dream. But here was a man, he's not as religious, you know, as spiritual rather, as some may think. So how would God convey to him in a way that he would understand? And God used this way of dreams. There were some who had dreams like that. God used these ways to draw people, some people's attention to the truth and to his ways. If we apply the thing that we see in the vision to our daily life, it will become the regulation for our whole Christian life. That's why, as we sit today, we need to ask the Lord to grant us a daily view, a daily vision and revelation to regulate our whole Christian life and our whole church life. Don't rely on what you saw yesterday. It must be made fresh to you every day. When you rely on what you saw yesterday, it will just make you religious. Very nice, very good, but you not touch the heart of God because you will convert what you are heard into what you are thinking and allow that to direct you without getting the, the up-to-date mind and leading of the Holy Spirit. When the angel came to Joseph and spoke to Joseph, that he will bring forth a child, or she will bring forth a child, and the child shall be called, his name shall be called Jesus. Just listen to him. His name shall be called Jesus. The whole vision in the New Testament, the center of every vision in the New Testament, the direction of every vision in the New Testament is Jesus. Now, this is what happened. Joseph, the husband of Mary, according to the Bible, was a just man. He wanted to put her away. But while he thought on these things, 
An angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. The center and content of every vision that will direct you in the will of God is Jesus. Jesus, the Son of God. That is how our Christian life can be well and fully directed. If you take Jesus out as the Son of God, everything that you see will become confusion in your mind. Your answer to whether you have seen a vision or you have seen anything or not is whether you see Jesus as the Son of God. It doesn't matter whatever you think or whatever you do. If your vision does not reveal Jesus as the Son of God, you need to look at it very well. This vision was what God gave to Joseph. And it was very clear to Joseph what he has to do. You know, the pursuit of the Christian life is a matter of visions. Are you a Christian? How long have you been a Christian? What direction do you have? How are you living? Without a vision, you will run wild along the way. That is, you will get distracted. It takes a vision to hold you and to get you focused on the way you should go. And that becomes the center of the whole of our Christian growth. Your growth will not be perfected if you don't have visions. We all need to have a clear vision, not once in our, our lifetime, but daily after the first vision. Because if we take the first vision and respond to it and act upon it, further visions come, more revelations come, more directions come. The question is, what did you do with the first vision that you had? In his dream, the angel mentioned Jesus. And again, I repeat, this is the first revelation in the New Testament. And Joseph acted upon this. So, he had further and further revelation. How much visions you see depends upon what you do with the first vision that you have seen. I want you to check your life. Have you seen Jesus? Have you seen the vision? I asked some people, have you seen a vision? They said, no. They haven't seen a vision. 
I said, then how do you become a Christian? To become a Christian, you, you, you should have seen this one vision. Jesus, the Son of God. Everybody, for you to become a Christian, you should have seen Jesus. And that is what made you to become a Christian. For example, you are just here and you hear somebody talking about a man who came on the earth, a Jewish man who came on the earth about 2,000 years ago. He did so much. He did so what? Whatever, whatever. And once you are listening, something convicts you. Something touches you. Something makes you to love him and to accept what he are speaking about him. That is a vision. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to see Jesus and accept him and allow him to become your Lord and Savior. So I ask you, have you seen Jesus? If you don't have visions to guide you, your growth will not be that healthy. We all need to come to that realization every day and every time. Our growth is a pursuit of Jesus. It is not just by nature, natural, or because I'm talented, so I will understand. Yeah, some people are gifted, but it doesn't come by that. Our growth as Christians or our development as Christians comes based upon the visions that we see. And it's not just one vision. We need to see visions and it will bring us into revelations. That is what the Lord wants us to understand. It's not by your natural wisdom or your brightness. Some people are clever. But this will not lead you into the heart of God, into the thoughts of God, into the plan of God, into the economy of God. When you read and read and read without a clear vision from the law, you will have a lot of knowledge. Eventually, you will be distracted along the way. When we become faithful to the God-given vision that we have received, it leads us on to further revelation. And again, I want to draw your attention. How much growth you have as a Christian depends upon how much visions you have. And how much visions you have depends upon how faithful you are or you have been to the original vision, to the first vision, to the first Jesus who revealed himself to you and you receive him. This is what brings a whole change and a, a, a further development and growth in your Christian life. It doesn't come from your personal abilities. Whatever you consider to be your personal abilities or your brightness is of no value when you come to the matters 
of visions that the Lord will give you. Vision is sight. What you see. What have you seen? Why the brothers of old, they followed the Lord all the way, was because of what they saw. When Jesus was walking with the disciples along the line of Caesarea Philippi, he asked them the question, what do you men say that I am? They all spoke various things. Then he put the question to them, what do you say? That Peter responded, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Have you seen this Christ? Have you seen this Jesus, the son of the living God? This is the whole center of the New Testament. Without this understanding, you will not develop very well. Vision is sight. And this sight does, is not from what you read from books. This sight is heavenly. It comes from God. It comes from the Holy Spirit. It is a heavenly sight. It is in the realm of the spirit. In your spirit. This enlightenment comes. It leads you to see divine things. Spiritual things. Your heart is held, captured, and directed by this vision. All that we need to do daily is to be faithful to this vision and every vision that we will receive from there on. This is how our Christian life will see development and maturity. You will begin to love the Lord. You will begin to have a sense that you will not allow anything to distract you. It doesn't matter, heaven or earth, angels or whatever, it will not derail you. Why? Because your focus is on Jesus. Once you see such a sight, it leads you to forsake any other thing that will distract you. It makes you to persevere. The Christian life is not a bread and butter journey. It's a life that is laden with a lot of testing, a lot of trials. But the vision of this Jesus that you saw will be the guidance and the leading all the way until the Lord comes. This vision again also gives you assurance. And he brings you into a whole life of following the law. You will not, never rest. You will never have peace of mind if you keep yourself away from him. Why will you have this experience? Because of this one vision. Such a sight such a revelation, such understanding takes you step by step 
developing you, maturing you all the way. If you are a Christian and you don't develop, you don't grow, you don't mature, there's something basically wrong. In order for you to confront all the challenges in life, this is the vision that will guide you. It will save you from becoming becoming common. You will not just be an ordinary person walking. Yes, you will be very simple. But all the common things that distract and that pollutes, this vision will save you from this kind of distraction and allow you to follow the Lord in a clear way. This kind of sight will make the Lord to appear before you as you read, as you pray, as you fellowship. You will see the Lord in every aspect of all that you are doing. The Holy Spirit will reveal himself to you more and more. He will use the environment to show to you his mind. Look at the environment that we have today, the whole world, about this coronavirus. Now, it doesn't take bombs or missiles to bring the world to a halt. Just a little minute something. Virus. The whole world has come to a standstill. Everybody is afraid. People are dying. Is there God in your life? Do you see God using the environment to turn mankind's attention to Him? The Lord uses everything to speak to all of us every day. Once you are able to get the first vision and the direction of this vision, it changes your whole perspective. It changes the way you think and the way you do things. God's desire is to get a people who will seek him and follow him. The coming of Jesus was the coming of the change of the age. There are some people whose names have been mentioned in the Bible. And they were just common people, but they saw something and that thing affected them, changed them. There was a man called Zechariah. He was a priest from a priestly line. He had a vision when he went to the temple. And this vision changed him. He didn't believe it. He was doubtful. But later on, it changed him when clarity came. He, his wife, Elizabeth, And their son, John, became 
the people that the Lord used to bring in the change in the age. Because John became the forerunner to speak about the one who is coming. Then Mary, the wife of Joseph, also was used. A very pure, simple young lady. But the Holy Spirit used this one. When Jesus came, change came. When Jesus comes to your life, how much change do you have in your life today? Just check your life. Are you the same? Or are you experiencing changes in your life? God's plan or God's economy according to what we have read from the Bible is about seven dispensations or, or seven different ages. And in all of these things, God uses something. All the men that God used, he opened their eyes. He gave them an understanding. Or he gave them the vision. And he said that there have been seven dispensations. Five in the Old Testament and two in the New Testament. All of these things was because God wanted to draw man to himself. God wanted a man who will open up to him, who will cooperate with him, who will work together with him to achieve his purpose, to realize his goal. And what was God's goal? God won Jesus to become the center of the whole universe. So he needed man to cooperate with him to realize this. The first dispensation was the age of innocence. Man did not know anything. As people say, tabula rasta. He was just clean. No problem. No sin. He was just a good man. Not a holy man though, but he was a good man. But it didn't take a long time or how long it took, we can't say. Sin came in because of deception, because of disobedience. But God cannot allow the man to go that way. So activated man's conscience. Conscience came in so that man will live by his conscience. But then, it didn't take a long time. Man did not live by his conscience. So God allowed human government to come. Man to be ruled by his fellow man. That was not God's line of thought from the beginning. But man was sinking gradually. The very thoughts, the very imagination, according to Genesis, in man was just corrupt, evil, wicked, continually. Human government brought in a lot of regulation, and then there was more fighting, wars, killing among the human. So God brought in the age of promise. 
the age of the law. And this brought the end to the Old Testament. Look at the kind of people that God got in the Old Testament. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. They were all people that God took to use to give them a direction to see God's way. They did their best, but it was not up to the standard of God. But God used them in a way. Moses came and through Moses God gave mankind or Israel the law. And the law came out from God. And that was supposed to regulate, to guide the people that God has put on this earth. He gave them a lot of, he gave them the priesthood, he gave them the sacrifices, he gave them uh, the, the tabernacle, and many things to make man to become form to God, or to his image. But unfortunately, the poison that entered into man was so strong. That same poison is working in you today. If you allow it. Now God got a man. That is oh, This man is a man after my heart. Called David. Yes. He didn't do well. But out of all the challenges that God got. When he got this man David. God was happy. At least he thinks about God. At least he considers what God is looking for. Then David also passed on. Then Solomon came. Was David better than Solomon? Or was Solomon better than David? That was a flop. Again. If you were God at this time, what would you say? It's a hopeless ending. All of those who came, they have not lived to his satisfaction until the close of the age in Malachi. So you see, when Jesus Christ came, that was a new covenant. That was a new testament. As a baby, he was born. He has to grow. He has to develop. He has to mature. And go through death, resurrection, and ascension. This was a new age. The the Old Testament ended with the law. With all the regulations. And it was man's effort to please God. That was the Old Testament. When you live in your effort daily to please God, from the way you think, from the way you have studied and learned and read, you want to please God, you will always fail. And so, mankind today is still failing. Because mankind is developing his knowledge and his skill and his natural energy to seek to please God. But we don't come to the standard. When Jesus Christ came, grace came. 
The law was brought in by Moses, but grace and reality came through Jesus Christ. From the law, it is the effort of man. But from grace, it is the supply of the spirit of the law. How do you live your Christian life? When the Lord came, he brought in a new age. And that was the great, the age of grace. And this age of grace is of life. It's of the supply of life. When the Lord comes a second time, he will initiate the age of the kingdom. That is the millennium. The question you need to ask yourself, where are you in all of these things that God is bringing? Have you folded your arms? The world has become so confusing that you don't want to believe anything. People who claim to be those who fear God, after a while, after a time, you watch their ways, you watch their living, you watch everything about them, it doesn't give you a taste to follow God again. Will you give up? Then you are looking at the wrong persons. But, we will introduce to you one person called Jesus, the Son of God. When you look at him, and you get yourself away from every distraction, he will lead you and direct you until you please and satisfy God. Because Bible says that this is my beloved son who satisfies me. He pleases me. God is not pleasing anyone or anything except Jesus, the son of God. Have you seen him? Do you walk with him? Or do you do what you want to do? What you think you should do? Pretty soon, when the age comes to a close, the Old Testament concluded with the age of the law. But the New Testament will conclude with the new Jerusalem. This is where we all need to see. When the change came, the oppression of God also changed in a way. It is not man's effort again, but God's supply. Are you leading people of some people of God? Church of God, Christian, are you doing by the way you think? Or by the leading of Jesus, who became the spirit to indwell you, to guide you. It is very sad that grace has come, but people still choose to walk according to law and regulation. So mankind is still working in a certain kind of a limbo. What do I do? In my heart, I want to seek God. But those who lead me, makes me to become discouraged. Should you give up? I will encourage you. Seek the Lord to give you vision. How do you get a vision? Just come to the Lord. The more you seek after him, the more you will be found by him. And you will get him. The Old Testament 
gives you a lot of measures that well, you will not be able to meet. And when you are trying to climb, when you are trying to, to reach that standard, and you are not able to meet it, you get discouraged. The Christian life is not attainable. The Old Testament is a requirement coming from God. From God's own being. What is the end? Man is not able to fulfill. So judgment comes upon man. The New Testament brings in the all-sufficient supply from God's redemption and salvation. What is the result? It brings in satisfaction. You satisfy both God and you satisfy man. This is what God is looking in the new age and in the change of the age. In the change of the age, there is more dependence on on Jesus, the Son of God. In the age of the law, there is more dependence on the regulations of the law, which no person will be able to fulfill fully. But yet still, our thoughts have been blinded. We think that by some effort of ours, we'll be able to attain the standard that God is giving. The Old Testament and the New Testament is like man striving versus God's supply. Man is struggling. Man is doing his best. I want the, the group that I lead to go this way. So I'll do it this way. I'll do it that way. Without total dependence upon God. Re- not realizing clearly that the age has changed. And the age has changed and your thoughts must change and your ways must change. Not by your effort, but by your dependence upon Jesus, the Son of God. Who were those that the Holy Spirit used to begin the change of the age that we have seen? There are four examples. The first example was Zechariah. Zechariah means that God remembers. What does God remember? He remembers you. He remembers his people. And God remembers his covenant. We have a covenant with God. And that is through Jesus Christ. That is called a new covenant. Through the blood of Jesus. And God remembers. He will not forget it. That's why wherever you go, whatever you do, you need to come back and ask, Lord, forgive me. I have not done as best as I thought I was going to do. Have mercy upon me. The covenant blood will speak for you. You have a lot of weight. Conscience is bothering you. Guilt is bothering you. Judgment is before you. You don't know how to get out of this. Remember, he is a God who remembers. You know his name? The angel said he will be called Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. He has come to save you from your sin, from my sin. That's why you need to come to him. Then 
His other name is Emmanuel, God with us. This is the king of the age. He's not leaving you afar off, but he's always with you. As a spirit, indwelling your spirit to direct you and to lead you. The young people in this age are being manipulated and directed by California and all the events in television and social media. What happens to them? A lot of trouble and psychosis challenges. Mental. Eventually they give up. It's a hopeless. It's a worthless enterprise. But remember, his name is Jesus to save you from your sins. And his other name is Emmanuel to be with you. This is a change. He will never leave you. He will not let you go unattended, unprotected, unguided. Tell yourself that I have Emmanuel with me. God is with me. He will guide you. He will lead you. And when you err, when you stumble, when you fall, when you sin, he will forgive you. That is his name. These were the people that God used. God came in remembering his people and his covenant. Then there's Mary. Mary, very pure, very simple, given to God. And God used her to bring forth Jesus. Then there were some shepherds also who were watching their flocks. Then the angels came and announced to them, I'll bring you good tithing for all mankind. It's not only for the Jews. It's for all of mankind. Goodwill. God is wishing mankind goodwill. So whether you understand it or not, whether you know it or not, there is goodwill from God to you, wherever you are. Don't look down upon yourself. Don't underestimate the power of God within you to bring you closer to him. Then there were some wise men traveling far off. Not only a few weeks. It is said that they traveled actually over a year looking for the star. It's not just a star, but the star. They went and traveled for a long time. They left everything just to look for the star. And that was the star that shone. It was a peculiar star. Studying and watching into the heavens, into the atmosphere. These people saw something very brightly, shining. And the star would not move like a car. It took a long time. They were following from wherever they were from the east all the way to Jerusalem. All of these people were guided by a vision. Zachariah was guided by a vision and he brought forth John the Baptist. Joseph was guided by a vision and he married Mary and they brought forth Jesus. The shepherds were guided by the vision. The angels appeared in the sky and they were afraid. They said, don't be afraid. I bring you a goodwill message. Then the wise men also, they were guided by the star. My good friend, brothers, sisters, whoever you are listening to us, May the star 
guide you to your destination. And your destination must be God. Don't look at any man. Don't look at any group. Don't look at any, any organization. Look away from all of these things. Look away unto Christ. He is a zestar that will lead you unto God. This is what we have to bring to you this afternoon. And this is what makes the age a different age. It's not an age where man's effort is required. It's not an age where you show your skillfulness or your ability. It's an age where man will learn to depend and dwell upon God. If you turn to the left and to the right and you get distracted, you will misaim. And when you misaim, it's like you have sinned. But don't misaim. Get focused. And we bring you tidings of goodwill. His name is Jesus. He will save you from your sins. His name is also Emmanuel. He will be with you. May God be with all of us. And may Jesus forgive our sins. And may we be led by this vision to see the star and follow the star. Thank you so much, brothers and sisters. May we keep this understanding and this vision. Don't allow anything to distract you or to pull you apart. Are you leading God's people? Don't allow world standards to guide you. Keep focus on the star. The Lord bless you. Father, we want to thank you. We are praying for all those who are in the meetings, wherever they are, across the region of West Africa and beyond. We pray, Lord, that you will guide their heart unto the truth of God, that you will unveil them to see Jesus, the Son of God. We are in a world that is full, filled with a lot of challenges and troubles and confusion. Father, where can we go but turn to you? That's where we are praying for all those who are listening to us, that you will guide their heart, you will guide their understanding, and lead them by the unveiling of divine vision and heavenly vision, so that they will walk away from the world and walk to God. Thank you. Amen. The Lord bless you.